Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. I preach once at this church in the absence of pastor, man, and once at our home church we raised our children in. And uh, what I'm about to preach tonight, many will probably start to smile a little bit because this word has been brought up by pastor and I don't know, it seemed like lately everybody that I've talked to that this word has come up, but believe me, this has come from months back. Amen. In fact, I can uh, take it back to even when Sister McGee's uh, mother was still living, that she had went to the nursing home, and I had put, I got out my, uh, I plugged in a little sermon. Brother Rex Johnson was preaching. I'll just go there first tonight. And uh, he was talking about how he had went to church, to a church, small church, and you can be seated for right now, y'all. No sense you standing just because I'm talking. Went to Dallas to pastor a small church. It had been through some serious problems. And he said when he walked through the doors of that church, he stood there before the altar and he asked the Lord, he said, how am I supposed to handle this and how's this all going to get straightened out? And the Lord told him and his wife to start at the altar and pray about it. And the Lord said, if you'll take care of the routine things, I'll take care of the rest. So him and his wife knelt at that altar and they began to pray. They began to take care of routine things. Five years later, the greatest tragedy in his life happened. Losing his wife and his son in a terrible auto accident, hit by a drunk driver, and both of them were burned up inside the car, could not get them out. He found himself again. This time he's alone. Before that altar, once again, he asked the Lord, what am I going to do now? How am I going to handle this? And he said, once again, the Lord gave me the same answer. He said, you start here at the altar. And if you'll just handle the routine things, I'll take care of the rest. And in that moment, there was a word that grabbed a hold of me and began to keep me up here and there from from then till now. And tonight I'm going to preach on this word, routine, the routine. There's been a lot said about it. I know we've laughed about it in in certain instances, uh, but I'm going to preach on the routine. I want to turn to St. Luke. Chapter 21, the Lord began to speak to me, and I I never had ever thought of prayer being a routine. 
But when he spoke that, it spoke into my spirit. And the Lord began to speak to me that, and, and you know, pastor, sometimes we get a message that we feel like is just for our church. And then there is other messages that the Lord gives us, and I've got a few of those that the Lord said, I want you to preach this wherever you get a chance. This is one of those messages. And I did preach it to South Gibson. It's the first time I'd ever preached it. But I had to rearrange it and redo it for our church. It's a different church. And I feel like I don't know how many more churches I'll preach it at, but I'm going to preach it wherever I get the chance because I feel like it's a last day message. Because whether you realize it or not, we're in a routine. Oh, glory. I better just go ahead and read Scripture. Luke 21 and 34. Take heed to yourselves. Everybody said me. me. Lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting and drunkenness and the cares of this life so that that day come upon you unawares. Let me read it from... A few more versions just to get started tonight. Be on guard that your hearts may not be weighed down with disputation and drunkenness and the worries of life. That that day came come on you suddenly like a trap. And another version. But ever be on your guard that your hearts may not be loaded down with self-indulgence. Drunkenness and worldly worries. Everybody said worries. And that day like a trap catch you unawares. Then another version. Be careful never to get your hearts burdened with drunkenness and its nausea. And with the worries about this life or that day will take you by surprise like a trap. Now let me go ahead and just read Luke 22 and 39 because I want you to know that Jesus had a routine. Luke 22, 39, and he came out, and this is after the Passover meal, and he came out and he went as he was wont. That word want there means accustomed. To the Mount of Olives and his disciples followed him heavenly father we thank you for the scripture we're asking you god tonight that you would some way captivate our minds and our spirits today because god i realize that we're living in the most crucial hour of the church and if there is ever a time that we need to get a hold of the horns of the altar and pray it's now if there's ever a time that we need to serve you, it's now, Lord. Move and anoint this word. Anoint my lips tonight, Lord Jesus. And let me be a blessing to others, God, through the word of God. I pray it in Jesus' name right now, Lord. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. And you can be seated. Hallelujah. I want to preach on the routine. A routine is a detailed method 
of procedure, regularly followed, but not for a special reason, prescribed course of action. As an official routine, it's customary. Routine is where you forget whether you did it or not. It's automatic. It's habit, if you please. Routine is where you let your guard down because it becomes the same old, same old. And I might as well just be transparent as I'm getting older. And probably this don't happen at your house. But it has at mine before. Sometimes we pray over the meal more than once. Come on, I hear a lot of laughing. You know why? Because we get wrapped up in routine and the prayer is not real. And then we wonder, did I say it or did I not? So I give it a double portion just in case. I know none of you do that. Nobody else does it at all. And while we're here, let me, routine and habit are so close together. Let's just go ahead and define habit. A habit is a tendency toward an action or condition which by repetition has become spontaneous, acting from impulse or desire. Close, close, close. Anybody ever get bored with the same old, same old? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody shout routine. Hallelujah. I had never ever, as I mentioned a while ago, never ever thought about prayer being routine. But the Lord began to impress upon me when he spoke that into my spirit. It is where we right now have most of our problems. It's the routine. In fact, take a look with me, if you will, and notice how the devil usually works himself into our routine. It's the easiest place to work himself in because we're just doing it automatically anyway. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I I look at it like this and because it's a place that we don't have to think about, we're going through a routine and a wise man once told me that we need to keep the main thing the main thing. Hallelujah. 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 Routine is a place that we get into that that becomes a habit. We know it like the back of our hand. It becomes a part of us. In fact, there is something else that we read in the scripture and it talked about the cares of life. If we are not careful, see, our scripture takes place where before, in the the chapter before that, they had come against Jesus and his authority. They were questioning his authority. Then in chapter 22, he is going to the cross, if you please. He's he's going to the Garden of Gethsemane. He's, He's going through all of this and he's been taken. Amen. And they're going to kill him. Hallelujah. But today, I want you to know that there is a routine that we get in our spirit 
called the cares of life. Amen. And if we're not careful, oh, the devil works in routine because routine is where quality is sacrificed. You can say a prayer, and I've always said, you can pray too, but I want to pray through. There is many times that we kneel down and we pray too. We say a little prayer. We go through the motions, but after we got done, we're not sure what we even prayed about because it was only a prayer. And God is so merciful sometimes that through that simple prayer that he hears it and delivers you. How many times have I heard people say, I just prayed a simple prayer. You know, we've all done it, but we pray that old simple prayer not expecting God to do anything and he done something miraculous. And we wonder, man, where did that come from? I didn't feel anything. I'm gonna tell you, you don't have to feel anything. You can pray and God does it. (laughs) Out of our routine, God brings a blessing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We get sloppy in our routine. It's where the mistakes are made. Not just in this, but making automobile parts and this and that. In factories, that's where it takes place. And you know where it usually takes place? It's on Friday or Monday. I mean, that's what statistics say. Happens on Friday or Monday because everybody on Friday has got their mind on the weekend. Everybody on Monday don't want to work, so they still got their mind where it was, the weekend. Come on, church. Hallelujah. And I think many times we come in with that in our mind on Sunday morning that I just got out of bed and I'm tired. What do you expect of me? I'm going to tell you. God expects us to worship. One thing that I've settled in my mind that no matter how I feel when I come through the church doors, I'm going to give him everything I've got in worship because I can never tell if he will heal me in that worship. Hallelujah. 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 Let Let me go so far as to say it this way. It's where the kingdom of God suffers and the devil laughs. It's in routine. It's in habit. Come on. It's where we're at. It's a routine thing. (laughs) And this is when the enemy says, gotcha. He's so slick that he works his way into our routine. It's sad, but he works his way into our prayer too. How many times have you knelt down and couldn't pray? Come on, I'm, I'm not saying you wasn't praying, but I'm saying it, wasn't, it was praying amiss. It wasn't doing any good. You didn't feel like you was getting through. Come on. I don't know about, but I have that trouble. Come on, I've had to battle in my prayer, especially a lot since my heart surgery. Three bypasses. I, I'm, I've, had to, I've had to battle in my prayer. You know why? Because that's where the devil don't want you. It's in your prayer closet, crying out to God. For the Lord to speak to you. He don't want that. He never wanted me to preach again. But I'm telling you, I'm here because he's not finished yet. (laughs) 
Hallelujah. I've got another message or two to preach. I've got a soul to, to pray through to the Holy Ghost. Come on. I've got to win my family. Come on, church. We've got a work to do, and we're in our routine, and they're left out. Man, I didn't come to meddle, but I'm going to tell you, so many times we come to church, we forget about our families. That's outside the doors. Come on. Well, we're interested in everybody in here. That's a great thing. I'm glad. You need to pray for me, and I need to pray for you, and we need to hold each other up. But I'm going to tell you, we've got lost families out there. Come on. I've got, I've got children. I've got grandchildren. I've got, come on now. <laughs> I've got nieces, I've got nephews that's outside these doors that used to sit on these pews that need God. Come on, church. There's something about this routine. If we're not careful, we don't think about them. They're out of our mind. Come on. Hallelujah. It's all right to turn them over to God, but when you turn them over to God, you keep on praying. You don't stop praying for them. You keep praying. You keep fasting. You keep on doing what you've been doing. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Don't mean to sit down and just kick back and go to sleep. That means keep on praying. Keep on doing what you're doing. Glory. It's not a bad thing. I think we've all probably done it. We've prayed and then we've laid down in our bed and, and we've prayed until we went to sleep. What a better way to go to sleep than praying. Oh God. Hallelujah. Anybody know what I'm talking about when the devil says I got you? <laughs> Hallelujah. Somebody say routine. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's, it's what we get bored with. It's that same old, same old that we're going through. It's the place Satan works discouragement into our lives and we become bored. Everybody said bored. I've never seen a generation today, Brother Cook, bored like this generation. They've either got to have somebody over all the time or... Mom or dad, let me have your phone so I can play games. Or, you know, I've got to have all these video games at home that I can play. I'm just not satisfied. We're living in an unsatisfied generation. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to say it, but the truth is I have to. This thing has worked its way into the church. Well, I don't have no. I don't play video games. Well, you may not, but you get bored with life. Come on, there's some of you that that you you just get so bored to your gourd that you think, well, let's just take a little. We'll go to the shore store. We'll just look around. We'll shop. We'll do something. Now, I know some of your ladies get bored real quick, don't you? To go to the store, take your boredom away, then, buddy. Oh my, there was a goodwill just over here. We'll just go shopping. That's the reason ladies don't get bored. They go shopping. That's right. Be, do you guys good, you know, when you get bored, go with them. Make a family ordeal out of it. 
See, my wife, she, she don't like shopping, only certain. Now, she does like go Goodwill shopping, but, you know, I've got this daughter-in-law over here that leads the way in shopping. She, she loves to shop. She, she, yeah, she, she's a thrifty shopper. Thrift stores, thrift this, thrift that, Amazon thrift. You know, especially if she can't find the shoes she wants, she'll hunt all over the internet, and they'll pick them up on the way wherever they're going. Just ask him on the road. It's what the way it done. The big old bed, that, that old queen size, king size bed, whatever it was up there in the end, you could raise it up and have a Sister Dawn's shoes. Come on. I'm talking about the routine, you know. We got to do something to take care of the routine. I'm telling you, church, don't let us. I think we have it. I thank God we're coming out of it a little bit. You know, but we got in a routine in church and we's coming in and going through the motions. I said it was a routine. Come on, we went and, and we prayed at the prayer room. We knelt down and, and we prayed a little prayer. And we come out and we went through the motions. We had three songs and uh, come on now. Come on, stay with me. And we take up the offering and we get to let the preacher up and, and hope he'll excite us a little bit. And we go home bored, our Lord. You know why? Because we didn't put a thing in it. Come on, church. Well, I'm going to get down where we live tonight. We need to put something in if we're ever going to get it out. We got to get out of the routine. Oh, oh Jesus. We need to get out of our routine. Hallelujah. It needs to be more than a routine. Come on. Prayer is all right, but we need not to make it our routine. Prayer in the routine is praying amidst. And nothing happens. Oh, Jesus. I took that watch off, and I couldn't tell you what time I got up here. It might, might be a good thing. Somebody say yes. Glory. Cares are things that oppress us hallelujah and it weighs us down the cares of life and the anxiety that goes with them draws us into a different direction than we should go mentally it is a distraction everybody said distraction of the mind these are things that draws on your spirituality Come on. The routine will, after a while, will draw on your spirituality. Because it's only a routine. There's no meaning in it. It's just something we are accustomed to. It's a way to go. It's something to do, and we do it in an order. And it becomes so much in order that it's no longer meant anything. It don't mean a thing. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. See, the tendency of our time is opposed to a calm life. I'm going to tell you what's wrong with us. This routine thing, we've got in the routine. And there is not enough pauses in our life. Glory. I said there is not enough pauses in her life. A pause means to stop for a short time before it continued. 
It's a break, if you please. We need a break. Everybody, I'm, come on now. I, I've never seen the light, but nowadays it's I need a break. Come on. I, I need to get away. I need to, come on, the pressure is too much. The, I can't stand it anymore. I got to get away from here. I got to clear this mind. Again, I'd done that a few weeks ago or so. Hey, man, Brother Mike come up. We went out on the boat. We caught some fish, and I hadn't been fishing since Paul was growing up. The kids was growing up. Come on. And you know what? It was refreshing. It was refreshing. You know why? Because I got out of the same old, same old routine. Come on, church. Oh, you don't know where I'm going tonight, but I'm telling you something, church. We need to get out of our little routine. We've come and we've sat on the pew and we forgot how to worship. It's been so long since we've done it that our life has become a routine. And if somebody get up and jump a little bit, everybody looks them over like, what happened to him or her? They got out of their routine. They got out of the same old, same old. Tired and bored with it. It's time to worship. It's time to let God have his way. It's time for the church to get on the move. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's just so much on our plates today. There's, there's no time to kick back and enjoy. There's no pauses. I said there's no pauses. People are so wore out now. And we're not doing any more, probably not as much as we did. But what happens? We get so wore out doing the same old, same old that we become so bored with it that we say it's time just to rest. Come on. Yes, sir. Now church becomes same old, same old. Come on, you go and you teach Sunday school class and and it becomes a bore because same old, same old. No excitement in it anymore. No excitement in the church. Might as well stay home. Everybody else does. Come on. We can't even get excited enough to come a half hour before church. Used to, we come an hour before church and it was no problem. People were praying in the prayer room and we come out here, we was already having church because church was going on back in the prayer room. Now we can't get here even 10 minutes early. Oh, yeah, I know I'm on the kick now. I'm on the horse. I might as well ride, ride in a little while. Come on, church. Oh, come on. This is the same church. Come on. It's the same one as the first church. There are just some new people added. God is still the same. Why in the world can't we get involved in prayer before church? Why can't we worship God before church starts? I'm about to have a Holy Ghost fit here. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, 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 Sister McGee, I long to hear, come on, the voices like Mama, Brother Jerry, back in the first church, back in the corner. She's back there stomping. Buddy, she's having church before church. And what? Yes, sir. And Mama worshiped God, she said, on the second pew. And you can ask Brother Freddie. There was a hole in the floor. Mama used them high heels and she put a hole in the floor. Yes. 
That's where I got it. Because the Bible said that if I'm going to worship him, to do it with all of my might. So come on. No matter how I'm feeling, I'm going to lay my feelings on the outside of the door. But when I come into the house of God, I'm planning on worshiping. So you either join me or sit on your duff, but I'm going to get what I came after. Come on, church. It's time for us to get busy and praise God. It's time to get out of our routine. It's time to get refreshed and renewed in the Holy Ghost. My wife admitted it the other day. She said, I get scared when you're preaching. I'm afraid you'll have another heart attack. I said, what a way to go. Man, I'm telling you, I'm up here preaching. I'm finding money on the floor. Brother Pat, I don't know whether that's yours or not, but you better watch it. I'm going to pick it up and put it in an offering. Man, he grabbed that quick, didn't he? He knows I'm not playing. Thank you, Jesus. See, a, a pause is when you stop. For a little while. Come on. It's a temporary thing. You go to work and they give you a pause. It's a 10-minute break and then back at it, buddy. If you don't get back at it, you're going to be fired. We'd have an empty church tonight if the Lord fired everybody. Because there's a bunch of people been paused and it's time to get with it. Come on. <laughs> come on. You know how new people's come to this church? Because they like worship. Come on. I've heard the report of a couple of them said, man, I like y'all's worship. Well, I'm glad we're doing it again, but I pray to God that we'd start praying again like we did. I wonder with our worship, if we couple that with prayer, what would happen in our services? I wonder how many miracles and signs and wonders we would see if we get out of our routine and get into worship again. Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Well, I felt pretty good this morning. I had a couple that stopped at the door back there, shake my hand, and said, Man, you've got a lot of energy. Lord, I felt pretty good. I'm right at 67, number 67's door. I'm not even seven months out of triple bypass and I tell everybody it's a God thing because I didn't have a good time in the hospital I'm telling you nine days with what I put up with I told Sister McGee if this is the kind of pain I've got to go through Lord just take me home get me out of here but you know what he had another he had something else for me to do so when I got home I started getting better fast That's, oh I come to church when I wasn't able to come to church. I sat in that seat back there and couldn't already sit there. But I, wanted, I had a desire, a burning desire. Even though I was having trouble praying, trouble reading my Bible, the devil was after me. He wanted to destroy me. But I'm telling you, greater is he that's within me than he that's in the world. When the enemy would come in like a flood, 
the spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against them. Get ready to preach at home church where we raised our children. Brother Brad Worth met me at the back and put that big old arm around me and he said, How are you doing? I'm looking at me. I said, I'm doing all right. He said, Do I need to go ask Sister McGee? I said, No, you don't have to ask at all. Just wait till I start preaching. Come on. I'm doing all right. Come on. I'm doing all right. Y'all doing all right? Have you had heart surgery lately? Maybe you need one. Come on. That little gal asked me the other day, and she knows me and from church way back. And she said, how are you doing? I said, I'm doing great. She said, no, silly, I'm talking about your heart. I said, I hope it's all right. I just prayed a while ago. Come on. Hallelujah. There's a lot of things my heart. Surgery changed, but it didn't change my love for God. By the way, I still love my wife and my family, too. And I still love souls and I want to see them saved. And I'm willing to pay the price for somebody else. Come on. I want to see somebody else saved. I don't want to go to heaven alone. I've always told sundown through all of my years, I've always said something. The only thing that you can take to heaven with you is people. That's what I want to take. I want to take some people with me. Come on, I'm telling you about the world. Preacher, the pastor preached about it this morning, how we get amongst the world and they change us. Come on, because we're around them. I'm going to tell you, I've decided in my, uh, in my years, in my late years of being bishop, what I want to do is I want to happen to somebody. I want to happen to somebody. Oh, hallelujah. I want to get close to them. I want them to feel the same presence of God that I feel. I want them to feel the anointing that I feel. I want them to feel the energy that I feel right now. I want them to feel the God that I serve. I want to happen to them. Be a wonderful thing in this church if we could all happen to somebody that we got around them. And they said, "I don't know what it is, but I want what they got." Well, I can tell you how to get there. You need to go to church about an hour before prayer. Before church, start praying early. Thank you, Brother Freddie. We need to frequent the altar. Am I doing all right? I don't know how long we've been up here, so it don't matter. Thank you, Jesus. 
There's not enough pauses, church. <laughs> Lord, help us. If we could make prayer a routine thing without making it just a daily thing. Some of you, you know, I've been to look on your refrigerator or your planner book or anything, but I wouldn't doubt it. Some of them don't have written in there, you know, of the morning, you know. Someplace will put in their prayer. I didn't know where I was going to throw this in, but it seems like a good place. I've done, I, I, I done intensive, ex, extensive studying on routine. And I picked one out just to kind of take some statistics t- to see where we was. I found out that there were, it didn't tell how many, but a, a group of persons, they took statistics of 145 studies of mornings and some of the things that people do. The average slept 7 hours and 32 minutes. Wake-up time was 6.40. Bedtime for the average was 11.13 p.m. Some of them it's 4 in the morning. I'm not looking at anybody. 38 snooze their alarm. 38%. I could name some in there, I won't. And it said the late risers interviewed sleep until 11 o'clock. That's not true. Some of them gets up at 10. Glory. 70% meditate. Now, if you do the right kind of meditation, it ain't a bad thing. But that's, a, that's counting in the practice of yoga. Only yoga I know about yoga, the bear. It's all right to meditate. We need to meditate. There's some times that I go in my office and I'll sit down on the couch. And I'm talking to the Lord, and he's listening. Come on, meditate. Meditate on right things. Come on, we need a a pause to meditate upon how good he has been. Come on, we forgot to count our blessings. Instead, we count all of our sicknesses and all of our disease and all of our bumps in the road. Because really all problems is is nothing more than a bump in the road. That's Come on, Satan just wants to slow you down because you're going too fast. My goodness, you might get your family saved. Wouldn't that be an awful thing? He wouldn't want you to worship or pray before church. My goodness, God might answer prayer. 75% sleep in on the weekends. This is morning. 53, check email immediately. What's getting quiet? 
61% of the morning check their phone immediately. If we'd have a draw in phones, I'm not sure who'd win in here. It wouldn't be me. 49%, I know this probably isn't you either, 49% drink water first thing of the morning. Of course, some of you drink water, you're, you're wateraholics. <laughs> Too much water makes you cold, just ask some of them. And the majority eat fruit for breakfast. Not a bad thing, huh? Now, I'm going to tell you something. After all of those statistics, there was one that I run on to that I wanted to make sure I just wrote down because it talked about, it said, half of those born in a non-religious homes eventually work their way back. Come on. Those that had no religion in their home at all, they worked their way to God. Come on. We've got it all wrong. We want to get those that's gone out of church. We ought to try to get those that's never, ever been. Come on. We need to work on the 40% in this city. Come on. You hear me? I said there's 40% in this city that never darkened the church door. It's time to get a hold of them. We need to start praying for them. Come on. Come on. Let's get a hold of the oil, horns of the altar and let's pray till God gets a hold of that 40%. That's 2,900 people in this city that never darkens a church door. And there's 35 churches in this city. And we're the only apostolic movement even in this county. God, help us. Get us out of our routine. Hallelujah. We allow the routine and the cares of life to take away our purpose. Somebody said purpose. Prayer is for a purpose. Come on. Come on, the devil don't want you to get close to God, so he don't want you to worship. So if he can keep you from worship, he's going to give you every distraction he can. He's going to tell you you're too weak to worship tonight. Come on, your legs hurt too bad that you don't feel like getting up out of your seat. But I wonder if you just tell the devil he's a liar and I'm going to worship anyway. What would happen if you'd get out of your seat? I wonder how many people get healed in service if we would disobey the enemy that's brought us in this routine. Thank you, Jesus. Routine is all right if it's got a purpose. We allow the routine, the cares of life to take away the purpose. These things were not sent to destroy us, but it was sent to make us better. Our prayer becomes routine instead of real. Somebody say real. Routine can foster evil roots. From something that the Lord has sent to strengthen us. 
It's routine to pray about these things. But if we don't believe after we pray, it's praying amidst. Lord, help us when the routine is no longer counted spiritual. God, help, our, help us to work the Lord into our routine that becomes spiritual. I'm praying. I'm praying right now. I've been praying, Lord. I want, I want, you, to, I want you to be the answer to everything in my life. I don't want to make a move, God, without praying about it first. I don't care if it's buying a car or what I'm supposed to be doing. Anything that I do, I've been praying, God, I want you to guide me. If you'll, have, if you'll ask for him to help you in the small things, I'm going to tell you when the big things come, he'll help you. Oh, glory. Hallelujah. It's those routine things. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want the routine to become spiritual. I want it to be counted spiritual. Words or phrases that are associated with routine, and you'll know, you'll, you'll recognize them. The rat race. That is an exhausting routine that leaves no time for relaxation. That's what that is. That's, that, that's a definition. And then the groove. We're in the groove. We're in the rut. Yes, you are. A settled routine that's hard to escape from. That's what a rut is in a routine. Come on. Groove. That's, that's groove. So, man, you're groovy. I don't want to be groovy. I want out of the groove. Come on, set me free. I want, come on, I want, I want to do something for God. I don't want to be stuck in the groove. And then it's procedure, process. It's a particular concourse of action intended to achieve a result. But when you get it stuck in a routine, it don't do nothing. You're going in circles, honey. You're not doing any good. Your prayer's not even reaching the ceiling. Now let me give you the synonyms of routine. Normal, usual, standard, accepted, customary, typical, regular, familiar. I want my routine, my routine to become real and right. Real and right. What kind of things keep you from reading your Bible, praying, going to church, and being involved in church? Is it not the routine? It's time for a shake-up in our routine. Right now, Brother Cook's in a routine. It's called work with capital letters. He's in the groove and he can't get out. He gets out long enough to come to church and he comes and plays drums and worships and goes back and works. He sees his family once in a while for just a little bit. But one of these days that's changing because God's doing a work down there and he's doing a work up here and it's going to change. Come on. Hallelujah. You know why? Because he's hunting a different routine. He's wanting to get into the presence of God and see God do something in this church. Come on. Hallelujah, church. Oh, let's get out of our little routine. Come on. If you're not used to praying, then pray. If you're not used to a routine of getting up and reading your Bible, then read it. Glory. Hallelujah. Hebrews 3.12 
Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart. Everybody say the evil heart. Unbelief in departing from the living God. God help me in my routine not to be overtaken by an evil heart of unbelief. I know we don't think of that, you know. Not believing doubt. It's a sin. It's, a, it, it's an evil heart. It's not thinking right. 1 Peter 5 and 7, I'm trying to hurry. Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. We are not meant to carry cares. We're to put them on him. Cares, routine, and habit run awful close together. Even in the mixing of them, if we're not careful, it's all mixed together and becomes a great big mess of routine. We even have made light of the cares of life. And we've said, well, it's all right. It's a natural thing for us to worry. Well, you hypocrite. Come on. It's not a natural thing to worry. God taught us not to worry. He said, cast your cares on me. Let's not make our sins seem all right. The cares of life can cause you to act like a drunk man, not thinking right, making bad decisions. Matthew 6, 25. Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body what ye shall put on. Is not life more than meat and the body than raiment? Somebody say routine. We need to include the Lord in our routine. The routine can become a snare to us where we're drawn away from God instead of to God. God, I need a guidance in my routine, my habits and my cares of life because they are all of a part of life that we have handed, that you have handed me and I need to do something with them. I must make the best of them for the kingdom of God's sake. Jude, but ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. I'm about to close. You can come, Brother Mason. How long has it been since you've been so wrapped up in your prayer that you began to pray in the Holy Ghost? Come on. How long since you've been so wrapped up that you got lost in your prayer? I remember some of the most crucial and hardest times in my life. Sister McGee, when we lived in the parsonage at Kingsburg, and we was in the middle church. I remember some of the hardest times in my life that I was going through. I would leave early in the morning and I'd go to the church. Three, four hours later, she'd call me and she'd say, Dear, are you coming home for dinner? You know what happened? In my routine, I got caught up in prayer because I knew that was the only thing that I could lean on during the hardest times of my life, the things that I was having trouble dealing with, that God was there. Let me tell you, the best thing you can do in your routine is to put God in your Routine. And let your prayer be real instead of just routine. You'll start, seeing, you'll start seeing your prayers answered. You'll start doing something for you. Hallelujah. 
Thank you, Jesus. I'm praying right now. I'm praying right now. I'm praying, Lord, are you satisfied with my routine? Am I doing the right things? I want you to ask yourself a question before we open this altar and before they begin to sing. I want you to ask God, how's my routine? What do I need to change, God? I would to God instead of getting here 10 minutes before 6 on Sunday night that we could. The men has hour of prayer from 5 to 6. I'm not saying everybody prays that long, but that's our prayer time. I wonder what would happen if, if we just kind of take hold of that and say, you know, I'm just going to start making that a little bit of my routine. I'm going to pray longer before church. And see, routine, Wednesday becomes so routine, a lot of people never ever get here to pray for a church. But I don't care if it's five minutes. Five minutes is five minutes when God, because it's not in how long your prayer is, but it's how sincere you are in your prayer. I wonder what it would be like if we'd start hitting the prayer rooms and praying at least 15 minutes before church. I wonder what it would be like. The way God's been moving around here in the last month, I can't even imagine what God would do if we'd, if we'd give him 15 minutes before church. I wonder what it'd be like if we'd give him the whole hour. We used to do it and had no problem doing it. You know why? We was in earnest in our prayer and it become real and we couldn't stop. In fact, I can remember... Pastor, I can remember starting service and somebody come staggering out of the prayer room. They got caught up in prayer. They didn't want to miss church, so they staggered in and just started praying out here. We need that, church. We need that. Hallelujah. Stand. I'm going to make it easier for you to walk to the altar. God bless you. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you, and have a blessed day.